Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Good morning, everyone. So, um, whoa, my papers are flying. So, um, this morning, well, first of all, happy Mother's Day. Um, this morning, I'm going to talk to you about giving yourself a gift. So today we're going to look at the story of Lot and his wife. Lot was Abraham's nephew. In Genesis 18, the Bible talks about there being an outcry to God about Sodom and Gomorrah because there was so much sin. And God told Abraham that he was going to check it out and judge it. And Abraham asked God if he would destroy the righteous with the wicked and eventually taught God into saving Sodom and Gomorrah if there were 10 righteous people there. But we know that Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, so that means there were not even 10 righteous people. However, God saved Lot, his wife, and his two daughters because of the intercession of Abraham. And in Genesis 19, we read that God sent two angels to Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot invited the angels to stay overnight at his house, And then the angels asked Lot to tell his family members to leave the city because they were going to destroy it. So Lot went to his sons-in-law and told them, but they thought he was joking. So in the morning, the angels urged Lot to hurry out of the city with his wife and his two daughters. And in verse 16, it says, And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. Sometimes we're in situations that we know we need to get out of, but we linger there because we are afraid of what will happen when we leave. So we see here that God sent two angels who took hold of the hands of Lot and his wife and his two daughters and led them out of the city. And God will lead you out of your bondage. You're not alone. And the verse also says that the Lord had mercy on them. Mercy means compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. Now verse 17 says, So it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains lest you be destroyed. So the angel is warning them that looking behind or staying anywhere near this place of sin is a matter of life and death. Looking behind at your past sins will destroy you and your purpose and your destiny and your dreams. It will cause you to focus on yourself, keep you in pain, hurt, and bitterness. You'll not be able to reach forward to the things that are ahead unless you forget the things that are behind you. In Philippians 3, verses 12 to 14, uh, Paul is talking about pressing toward the goal. Now that I have, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Okay. 
So just like a runner prepares for a race, we need to deal with things in our past. A runner's goal is to finish the race well, so as they're running, they focus on looking ahead toward the goal for the prize, never looking back so they don't lose focus and momentum. We also need to look ahead and press toward the goal of the race God has for us to run here on earth, never looking back, uh, So, um, and ultimately our goal of being with him in heaven. Some of you may be aware that I have been decluttering my house for the past four years. It all started with a flood in the basement of our previous house. And Peter likes to joke about that. It all started with the flood. <laughs> um, so then we moved into a house with less storage. And all of our stuff was now in my face. And I knew I had to deal with it. And sometimes that happens with the things from the past in our lives. We go through something and we stuff it somewhere deep in our heart and then eventually it comes out in the open and we know we must deal with it. It may be someone we need to forgive or it may even be that we need to forgive ourselves for what we did or said. So in verse 17, Lot was told to escape to the mountains. So now let's look at verses 18 to 21. Then Lot said to them, Please know, my lords, indeed now your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have increased your mercy which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me and I die. See, now this city is near enough to flee to, and it is a little one. Please let me escape there. Is it not a little one, and my soul shall live? So here we see that Lot is not quite ready to trust God. God wanted him to escape to the mountains. Instead, we see that Lot is afraid to make a complete escape and separation from his past. He doesn't recognize God's hand on his life to look after him and protect him because he is so afraid. God does not save us from destruction and then ask us to go somewhere where we will be destroyed. Lot begs to stay in a little city of the plain which was supposed to be destroyed. And as we see here, God lets him go to this little city instead. So it says in verses 21 to 22, And he said to him, See, I have favored you concerning this thing also, in that I will not overthrow the city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. So God is asking us to take steps toward freedom from sin in our past. And when we do, he can move. He can destroy the sin and the pain of the past. But sometimes we are not ready to let go of everything we need to. So this brings me back to my decluttering. So lately I was feeling like this decluttering was dragging on way too long. So I put on YouTube videos about decluttering and organizing to motivate me. So, because I felt like I couldn't do it on my own. And you see, we do need other people to help us um, along as we are working through things in our lives. So then I set my mind to decluttering and organizing the entire upstairs, and it took me about two weeks. And I was so shocked to see how much stuff that I needed to deal with. I ended up with two garbage bags, nine clear large garbage bags, and six boxes full. Yeah, <laughs> wow. And I felt so much better, like I could handle life better now. And it suddenly dawned on me that I had been 
thinking, whoops, my papers are flying. I had been thinking about how I just needed more cupboards to hold everything. But the truth was that I just needed to let those things go and get rid of them. So you see, piling things in my house was causing me stress, but dealing with it gave me freedom. Although I got rid of so much, there was one area that I was not willing to deal with and let go. And I did not even realize it until I started preparing this message. So the one night before I went to sleep, I asked God to give me examples and illustrations for this message. And when I woke up, it all came to me. And the one thing he showed me was that I was still hanging on to this basket of socks that had no matches for her. <laughs> and I didn't really think I needed to deal with it. I didn't it didn't take up too much space in my cupboard. It did cause me a bit of stress having to deal with it occasionally when I was looking for a match, a matching sock. But when I really thought about it, I realized that I was deceived. When I really looked at what was in this basket, I realized that I had not found a match for most of these socks in at least a year, some of them years. And, and, and so why was I hanging on to them? It's because I was afraid if I threw them out, I would find the matching sock. But, but, uh, but I'm wondering here, somebody's, uh, somebody knows what I'm talking about out there. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, what was I going to say? So sometimes fear keeps us from letting go and moving on. Was the stress of dealing with those socks and letting it take up space in my cupboard worth holding on to these socks in case I find a match? Absolutely not. In fact, me finding a match for these socks is most likely not even going to happen. So I've decided to let go and get rid of the socks. Pastor Travis is going to help me with this. <laughs> And here we go. I am getting rid of the socks. <laughs> so, so now I have a, something, a space here to fill with something useful for my life. You see, when we have things in our lives that we need to get rid of, there's not enough room for the things that are useful or bring meaning to our lives. But when we let them go, we now have space where we can experience freedom and we're able to fill it with what God has for us. Okay. So now verse, we're going to go back to verse 26 and it says, But his wife looked back behind him and she became a pillar of salt. So Lot's wife looked back. Looked back means regarded, considered, and paid attention to. She was leaving her past, but we see that she had things that she just couldn't let go of and forget. If these things are not forgotten, they can stop us dead in our tracks. They can keep us in fear and anxiety. They can keep us st stuck in the pain of our past, and we forget the purpose of the present. Then we recall past disappointments with others, with life, with ourselves, and we forget our future destiny with Christ. We must forgive ourselves and others. Not forgiving paralyzes us from moving on, moving forward. 
Psalm 103 verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions, which is our sins, from us. And God doesn't hold anything against us. We need to follow his example by forgetting and not holding anything against ourselves. Have mercy on yourself. Remember what mercy means? It means compassion or forgiveness towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. And sometimes we want to punish or harm ourselves for the things we've said or done. You may not think you deserve forgiveness for what you've said or done, but God sent Jesus to die for the forgiveness of every sin we've committed. And he wants us to forgive ourselves. Forgiveness is a gift, and it's the best gift you can give yourself is to forgive yourself. Psalm 103, 2-4 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. So what is redemption? It's the action of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil. And it's the action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing a debt. Well, you've been redeemed, and the payment for clearing the debt of sin has been paid. God redeemed us by sending his son, Jesus, to die on the cross to save us from our sins. Dying on the cross was the payment of debt of, of the debt of sin. All our sins have been forgiven. You ask for forgiveness, and God forgives you. He doesn't remember those sins anymore, so why do we remember them? We beat ourselves up because we're listening to the wrong voice. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy you, your destiny, your identity, who you are in Christ. God created you and gave each of you a purpose. He prayed us on you to be sons and daughters of God. He has a plan for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Satan wants to derail you so you will not fulfill that plan, and his ultimate goal is to keep you away from God and no good for others. He will keep you in such torment that you can only be focused on yourself. You see, God has plans for you to have a close relationship with him. And out of that relationship with him, oops, sorry. <laughs> All right. So out of that relationship with him, you'll be able to help others. But the enemy plants thoughts in your mind to make you feel guilt and regret for things you have said and done. But God says that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. First, you must forgive yourself. Then you must fight the lies of the enemy. When the enemy, the enemy attacks your character and brings up your failures and mistakes. When the enemy reminds you of something you did in the past, you need to tell him out loud that you have been forgiven of that and it is under the blood of Jesus. Tell the enemy to leave in Jesus' name. Keep fighting until the devil gives up in that area of your life. You may not think you deserve forgiveness for what you've done or said, but God sent Jesus to die for the forgiveness of every sin we have committed. And God wants us to forgive ourselves. Forgiveness. Oh, I think we're on the wrong page here. <laughs> this is really hard to work with here. Here we go. 
Okay, so if we fight the lies of the enemy in specific areas of our life, then the enemy will eventually stop harassing us about that thing because it isn't working to bring us down anymore, and he'll move on to some other tactic with us. And I've seen this true in my life. So you see, we have won the victory of the enemy because of the work of the cross. So when the enemy comes with lies, speak out loud the truth of God's word, which we find in the Bible. You can say things like, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am more than a conqueror. I have been redeemed, adopted, bought with a price. I am forgiven. I have the mind of Christ. I am a beloved son or daughter. I am never alone. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. God has a plan and purpose for my life, and I am going to fulfill it. And there's many others you can find in the Bible. When you speak God's truth, it renews your mind so that you not only have God's thoughts, but you start to believe them, and then you start to become who you were created to be. Meditate on God's word, and faith will start to rise up in your spirit so you can believe that you are who God says you are. Satan's plan for you is death. Jesus' plan for you is life, and life more abundant. Jesus came out of the grave and defeated death and Satan, and this made the way for us to come out of the grave of sin and death and experience life with him. All God is asking is that you believe him, that you spend time with him, that you walk with him. Let his words of life and truth become life and truth to you. Forgive and let go of the past. So moms, this Mother's Day, you can give yourself a gift, and that gift is forgiving yourself. Amen. So, can we can we say instead of mix match socks, we can do Mitch Max? How do you say it? mix matched thoughts? Any thought that doesn't line up with God's word concerning you, Pastor Peter? Can you help uh, Paulette here? Any thought that doesn't line up with God's word concerning you, you just throw it out. You won't find a matching thought anyway. So, Amen. Thank you. That was awesome. <laughs> Good morning, church. Love those horns. Well, happy Mother's Day to all you wonderful mums out there. And I know there's even some dads out there that play mum quite often, so happy Mother's Day to you as well. Yes, as Pastor Travis said, on June 12th, we're going to have a ladies' brunch. We're praying that we're going to be able to come together in person, but we're also going to have it online as well. So anyway, we're just in the process of getting that together. So I encourage you to come out, bring some friends, bring some family, and let us just come together and celebrate what God is doing in our lives. So, today, I'm just trying to get this so that I know I'm not going to make all kinds of weird noises. Oh, Holy Spirit, just come right now. Thank you, Father. I want to ask you a question. I want you to think about it, ponder, maybe even pray about it. And here's the question. When you think of the word empty what comes to your mind the word empty is it an empty gas tank an empty wallet maybe it's an empty milk jug still sitting in the fridge maybe it's an empty mailbox 
Or maybe it's like Anita, now the empty, mismatched box of socks. It could be many things, and sometimes it's associated with negativity, but sometimes it's also associated with positiveness. An empty gas tank might mean you are sitting on the side of the road waiting for CAA. An empty wallet might mean that you just have spent all your money and you need to go to the bank. An empty milk jug might mean that your child said to you, Mom, I left the empty milk jug in the fridge just to remind you we need more milk. And maybe an empty mailbox means that it's a holiday and there is no mail today. When I think of the word empty on Mother's Day, it reminds me of the Mother Jesus. From an empty manger to an empty cross to an empty tomb. As Mary held her newborn son, she looked down upon him with such great love. And I'm sure she pondered and she wondered what was ahead for him. Did she know? Did she know the significance of the empty manger and how thousands of years later it would still be talked about? The empty cross, as Mary stood amongst the crowd and heard them cheering and wanting them to sacrifice her son, oh, how her heart would have ached. Was she consumed with mixed emotions, knowing that her son was being killed, but yet... He had to be for us, for mankind to have life. I can only imagine what Mary was thinking when she heard about the empty tomb. Had her son's body been stolen? Where did it go? Is he still alive? How do I find him? I believe somewhere deep inside Mary, she knew the greatest gift to all men to all women and children, started by resting in the arms of a mother who one day those arms would become empty. Scripture reveals to us that experience after experience on a mother's journey. Recently, I received a beautiful gift box and it was filled with this gorgeous floral bouquet and aside it, it was filled with lots of chocolate treats. Our home was filled with the aroma of the flowers and the sweetness of the chocolate on our lips. After a week or so, the floral arrangement died, and the chocolate, of course, was long gone. All that was left was an empty box. As I gathered the fallen flower petals, I thought of the love that had started with a simple empty box. A team of people who I worked with decided to get together, pull their money, and send me this lovely arrangement. And a stranger delivered the, empty, the full box. Today, the box remains empty, but not forgotten, because it overflows with the memory of those who took the time to love and to send care my way, all starting with an empty box. You see, it all started with one thing in mind, love. Love for one another, love for our children, and love for our fellow man. God loves us so much, as you heard Anita attest, that he can take an empty, void earth and fill it with beauty and wonder. 
He then created the animals and man and woman. Our Father wanted the earth to be filled with his children, so he took the empty void earth and he filled it with us. Hopefully I'm not next. <laughs> oh dear Lord. Okay, wind, in Jesus' name, you gotta stop your noise. Okay. Somebody didn't like that message. All right. It's okay. We're all good. It's the same with our lives. God wants the emptiness to be filled with his love, his joy, his peace, and his blessings. Today as we celebrate mothers, it might be challenging for some of us. As I know for myself, I haven't seen my mom since September. And I haven't seen my sons, and some of them, for over 17 months. As a mom and a Grammy, my heart today yearns for the hug from each of them. And the laughter of our grandchildren, Jasmine, Haley, Liam, Ava, and Hudson. But today, that will have to wait. And I will be happy with the FaceTime chats and the funny cards and the delivered flowers. Like many of you out there, it's a day of mixed emotions. But we are so blessed to be living in a day and age that we are. I can only imagine what it was like for the mothers waiting for the mailman to come. As they, her sons and their daughters had been sent off to war. Days and months and years would go by with no word and they had to trust and believe that one day soon God would bring them home safely and that letter would arrive in the mailbox. Today we're in a different war, a time of uncertainty and unrest surrounds us, but many things stay the same. We've learned to adapt and to adjust and to pivot in a new way. I am so grateful for the strong and the beautiful women that we have amongst us. Today I think of Christine, our Sunday School Director, who has not lost a beat in providing love and care and resources so that our children and our grandchildren continue to hear the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Christine. I also think of Melanie, our Church Administrator, who tirelessly makes us stay informed resources us and cares for us in so many ways. Thank you, Melanie. I think of Allison and Chris and Tracy and Peter, who every week come together and engage with our youth, inspiring them to become warriors for Jesus. Thank you, Allison and Chris, Tracy and Peter. And lastly, but not. Marilyn, our mighty prayer warrior, and her team of praying soldiers. These women have been called for such a time as this, and they serve with such open hearts. Women, daughters, sisters, mothers, those who God has called. But let us not forget about those who haven't been mentioned. Those who write notes of encouragement, who cook and bake for the neighbors, and for those who drive the sick to medical appointments. 
God has called us into various servanthood activities. He has created each of us for such a time as this, to take the emptiness in our lives and turn it into fullness. Jesus was notorious for taking the empty and changing it. In our Connect group, we witnessed firsthand how Simon Peter was out fishing and struggling to try to catch some fish. In the book of Matthew, it talks about how Jesus seen the empty fishing vessels, and he instructs Peter to drop his nets again. Skeptically, Peter simply lowers down his nets again, and the fishing vessel soon is overflowing that was once empty. Today, as we remember our mothers and others, let us be reminded of those who desire to have children and their arms are empty. I think in Genesis of when Abraham and Sarah were without children well into their senior years. Sarah had long lost hope of having a child. And when she heard the news that she was going to have a child, she laughed. And sometimes when our empty has been with us for so long, we lose the hope and we laugh at the reality of it ever coming to pass. We stop believing in the promises that God has spoken over us. But I am here today to share with you, our Father can take that broken, those empty relationships and restore them. He can and will reunite mothers and fathers with their children. He can heal the sickness in your body and in your mother's body. Your mom can come to know and serve the Lord before she passes. Some time ago, there was a young woman who was rushing around and trying to get ready for a big day. She did not know how grand the day was going to be and how her life would be changed by a simple act of kindness. As she brushed her son's hair, she reminded him to take his lunch. He gathered his things and he ran off ahead of the family. Evening soon came and the crowd was getting hungry and restless. The leaders were determined to send the crowd away. But the speaker to the crowd said, no, how much food do we have? Andrew, brother of Simon Peter said, this little boy has five loaves and two fishes, and he's willing to share them. Jesus took the bread and the fish and blessed them, feeding over 5,000 men besides women and children. I can only imagine what the walk was like on the way home that night with the mother and the son. A mother's heart filled with joy of her little boy sharing his food. The excitement of seeing firsthand the miracle of the Messiah feeding the crowd. As parents, it is so important that we watch for the clues that God reveals to us about our children and the gifts and the talents that he has placed within them. I recall a time when I was in art, taking art in school. I was about seven or eight years old. And our assignment was to take this empty white piece of paper and draw a picture. There were no real specific rules. It was just to draw whatever we felt we wanted to draw. Well, those of you who know me and love me know that I love color, bright colors, anything that shouts loud and proud. So I drew a picture of our home coloring the sky in bright colors of blue, pink, and yellow. 
I colored the trees with different shapes and different colors. The ground was colored in all kinds of green and purple and brown. And in my mind, it was a masterpiece. I loved it and I was so proud. A few days later, I arrived back to school and the graded picture was left on my desk. I was stunned, I was surprised. I got a C. I couldn't understand, why did I get such a low grade? I went to my teacher and I asked, and she said to me, and it has stuck to me all my life, Ms. Pollock, you know the sky is blue, the grass is green, and the sun is yellow, and your house does not have all those color on it. I remember from that day that I thought, I will always paint differently than what I see. It wasn't until years later that my mom shared a story with me that she had seen my disappointment and during a parent-teacher meeting, she brought it up and she said to the young teacher, she said, I encourage you to let your students, especially my daughter, to be adventuresome, to see the world differently, to inspire that there are no limits. Thankfully, that young teacher listened and I credit her to many of the art pieces that I complete today because she didn't put any boundaries on me. Parents, grandparents, mothers, listen, watch for the clues and the talents that God has placed in your children and in your grandchildren. They are not empty vessels, but vessels yet to be discovered and developed. A young boy who was very curious about things in life loved to experiment. He was very creative. Thomas Edison loved watching things. And one day while a robin was trying to catch a worm, finally did, took off in flight, Thomas wondered, I wonder if I put worms and water together, could man fly? So he made this potion of worms and water and he fed it to one of his female classmates. Needless to say, the girl didn't fly. And I'm quite sure there was a great conversation between two mothers about young Thomas Edison feeding worms to his fellow classmate. There was another young man who was well known for many things. And he also loved to draw. He drew detailed descriptions as hang gliders and automobiles and robots. Leonardo da Vinci, famous artist of the Mona Lisa and the Last Supper, was raised by a single mother who later in life married. I wonder what Leonardo's mother thought when she saw all these drawings pasted on the walls of her kitchen and had no idea of what they were or what they would become. We don't necessarily know all the gifts and the talents within ourselves or our families, but he does. He knows. He reveals it in such beautiful ways that can change an empty vessel into the fullness of life. Far away in a Pakistan village was a young girl who was inspired by her parents to stand for justice and righteousness. In the village, the young girls were not allowed to be educated to go to school or to have a voice. Mala, at the age of 12, was encouraged by her parents to write a blog about the life in their village. 
The story was soon discovered later by a journalist who wrote a New York Times documentary. Mallow rose in prominence, giving interviews for print and television. And then unfortunately one day while riding home on a bus from writing an exam, Malala with another girl was shot in the head by the Taliban. But God had a different plan for Mala. Not only did she recover, but she became a world-known activist for the right to education. Today, Mala is an author, a co-recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize. She has been featured in film and multiple publications. Today, she continues to stand for the right of education. And as a result, children, especially young girls, are being educated and having better lives. Amen. Regardless of where we come from, no matter what we do in life, it all started with an empty vessel being filled by God's love. I'm happy to say that I am God's child, and I was born to a beautiful woman named Vivian. I am a mother to Joel, Drew, Adam, and Paul. And I was fortunate enough to meet a wonderful man named Owen. And I know my mom was so excited and happy that God brought this special gift into my life. My life is complete, filled with many empty boxes that are now rich and full with memories. My house may be empty, as were empty nesters. And it may be empty of the daily joys of our sons and our grandchildren. But we are so blessed to know they are only a FaceTime call away. May the lyrics of that I'm going to read to you of Carrie Underwood's song, Mama's Song, meet you as a child of the Most High God. Mama, you taught me to do the right thing. So now you have to let your baby fly. You've given me everything that I need to make it through this crazy thing called life. I know you've watched me grow up and only want the best for me. I think I've found the answers to your prayers. He is so good, so good. He treats your little girl like a real man should. He is good, so good. He makes promises he keeps. No, Mama, he's never going to leave, so you don't need to worry about me. Mama, there's no way you'll ever lose me. Giving me away is not goodbye. As you walk me down to my future, I hope I see the tears of joy in your eyes. Because he is good, so good. And he treats your little girl like a real man should. He is so good, so good. He makes promises he keeps. No, he's never going to leave. No, Mama, our Heavenly Father is never going to leave us. He takes pleasure in empty boxes that only he can fill. May God bless you on this beautiful Mother's Day. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. 
Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.